0: But the goal of all of that really is to get rid of that human arrogance so we can open our heart, broaden our perspective, and elevate compassion and love in our lives.
1: Hi, beautiful people, and welcome back to To Build a Bridge, where we connect issues in our country with the solutions that our member organizations are working on diligently every day. My name is Shakira Mills. I am the deputy chief of staff for Bridge Alliance as well as your podcast host. And I'm sure you have noticed it has been a while. (laughs) Things in the country have been rapidly changing. I literally could spend the rest of this episode talking about all that has happened since we last published. But today we're talking about solutions. So with the changes that have been happening, I think at this point, it is very clear that we are living in a hyper-individual, hyper-polarized environment, constantly perpetuating the separation between human beings, along with a tendency to strive for individualistic superiority. We've lost sight of the interconnectedness between us. And as a result, our systems have begun to suffer and our communication and collaboration skills as human beings have suffered as well. We strive every day in the movement to fix these systems um, on an infrastructure and systematic level. But at the end of the day, democracy and society are made up of human beings so a big part of the solutions to many of our issues could very well be based in personal work personalizing the the political and really connecting with one another on a human level in order to create at least a sense of respect for differences or what we would call social cohesion right a, a way of life based in gratitude is one that is very much so a key to the interconnectedness between us because no matter the type of life that you live, you can connect with other human beings about what you are grateful for and what you want for the future generations of this country. So taking the effort to connect with people in this way uh, could really be impactful in this journey to create this, this balanced level of social cohesion. This Wednesday, September 21st is actually World Gratitude Day. Um, So what better way to celebrate than by talking to Louis Schwartzberg, who just released a documentary where he traveled documenting perspectives and experiences based on how people live their lives in gratitude. So, Louis, thank you so much for being here. Please introduce yourself and tell me how you came to be the filmmaker that you are.
0: So, I'm Louis Schwartzberg. I'm a filmmaker. I love to take uh, audiences on journeys through time and scale, opening their hearts to looking at life from a different point of view. A lot of times it's by nature imagery where I'm able to speed things up and slow things down. Zoom in, zoom out, and and make us realize that our point of view isn't the only point of view. But the goal of all of that really is to get rid of that human arrogance, so we can open our heart, broaden our perspective, and elevate compassion and love in our lives.
1: So I, I take you would have a certain amount of insight on what people consider to be like the general human condition because yeah. you see the differences and similarities between people. Um, So what can you say about the human condition that you've noticed that made you even want to get into the type of filmmaking that you do?
0: Well, I, I think growing up in Brooklyn, when my parents were Holocaust survivors, I think had a giant influence on my life because I saw how they were grateful for every little thing that came their way, food on the table, a roof over their head, you know, a steady job, the miracle of having kids. And so Growing up, looking at life through that lens, <clears throat> when I headed off to UCLA, I wanted to be a, you know, the poli-sci history major, and I wanted to um, really work for social justice. So I was going to probably be a lawyer. But then the anti-war protests were happening on campus. So how could I study the French Revolution when there was a revolution happening literally right outside my door? So I quickly learned photography. Photography back then meant you have to actually take a class. <laughs> you don't point your phone And um, I documented the, uh, the protests and the police brutality, especially against women. And I found out it was a lot easier for me to do a photo essay than a paper. And that turned me on to visual media with my voice. And this is how I wanted to really change the world. So in terms of looking at the human condition, I'm really attracted to stories where people have overcome adversity, but have a lot of love, hope, and joy in their life, how it builds resilience, and how it makes you want to fight the good fight.
1: I love that. And as as you know, the Bridge Alliance, the entire network is built uh, around organizations that are doing exactly that. They are fighting um, and working to create this balanced society that we really need in order to thrive as humans. Um, And so one, I'm glad to be talking to you. And two, what exactly do you feel would be a way to connect all humans to this type of work? pretty sure to a certain extent everyone wants um the same things as far as like for our country not even speaking just legislatively um because yeah. that, that's never going to be cohesive to the t across um, identities but like how what what is a way that you feel that we as humans can can connect and kind of get on the same page about what it's going to take in order to build that healthy society how can we connect to people who are yeah. not already motivated the way we are to work on this type of reform.
0: Well, one of the beautiful things about my film, Gratitude Revealed, is that, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people going across this country, and a lot of the people I interviewed are in quote-unquote red states. And I think that what you begin to see is the fact that we're just all um, a different version of each other. We all want the best for our kids. We all want to, you know, maintain our culture, our food, our... Our way of life. Um, and I think that we can bridge that gap by by showing we're just another version of each other. And I I feel that because the film has these heartwarming stories about courage, about creativity, about connection with different people in different regions of the country, it it sort of is a subliminal message that gosh, we're all alike. Um, And regardless of gender and race and religion, you know, we all really want the same thing. So that's, I think, on the surface, the obvious one. The other one is looking at nature's intelligence, as I did with Fantastic Fungi, here you have this like mycelial network under the ground, a shared economy, which, you know, allows ecosystems to flourish without greed. I mean, if you look at nature, there is a model for social structures that should be used in how we relate to each other, relate to our family, relate to, you know, your work and society. Um, it's all there. We all benefit when everybody benefits, um, and nature does that all the time. I mean, there's billions of interactions happening every second right now, um, either in the mycelial network or the way pollinators, you know. Um, fertilize flowers, and flowers become fruits, nuts, vegetables, seeds, all the healthy food we need to eat. And, and we're the beneficiaries of all that. And a lot of times we take that for granted because um, we don't have to do anything other than step out of the way and not destroy it, you know. But but these models of social structures have evolved over hundreds of millions of years And why don't we take a look at that and benefit from the R&D and the trial and error that's occurred right under our feet?
1: Very interesting that you say that. Our uh, CEO, Debbie Lynn Molyneux, um, has a theory that she presented a few years ago. Um, She looks at society and democracy as an ecosystem, um, but one thing that we we seem to be missing and recognizing in that way is that the different parts of an ecosystem are all working collectively, but they are not in steps alike. Trees don't do the same thing as bees, um, right? There's a different purpose for rain than there is. Yeah. But all of the and so all of these characteristics are completely different, but they're literally uh, working towards the same the same goal, which is the sustenance of the earth, and so. Yeah. We should be looking at, um, at, at democracy and just maintaining society in the same way. There's there's no real hierarchy between the elements of nature. They're all pretty equal. Um, yeah. so I think about what it is that common goal is outside of thriving, like what can we grasp towards and connect with as human beings, no matter our walks of life? And then that's when gratitude came up. And so I want to know, like, is that something that you feel um, or that you had in mind when making this film? Is this something that you really feel that human beings can, no matter what your politics Mm -hmm. are or your walk of life, if that is a way of life that we can all grasp toward, can we begin to be like an ecosystem?
0: Yes, I I think we can. Uh, And the reason why is this. Look, right now, there's a a tremendous malaise of everybody feeling, you know, um, disconnection and despair um, the pandemic certainly contributed to that we took for granted the idea you could have you know dinner with friends and family right that was a big deal we lost um the the environmental degradation that's occurring is certainly like you know bad news and certainly the political discourse has made a lot of people feel in you know despair the polarization and so how do we stop this flow of negative energy which which triggers that primal response in the brain of a flight or fight and i think what gratitude offers is like a little baby step to kind of like stop that negative flow from coming into your brain and for a moment just think about what can i be grateful for the fact that i'm breathing the fact that like you know there's a flower in front of me that looks beautiful or the fact that i'm alive I mean, the fact that I've got a trillion cells in my body that are working in harmony and I'm healthy today, you know, it's only when your health is gone do people kind of wake up and go, oh, I'm so grateful that I'm healthy, you know? Um, so a little baby step in that direction stops the negative energy from coming in and enables you to think in a positive way. And the more we kind of spiral out on that that negative energy, then we stay stuck in in a world of of consciousness that some of these people want us to be in, like these political leaders, you know, who make negative statements about race and gender. And, um, you know, we get all upset about that. And it's easy to react to that. As a matter of fact, it's addictive. And that's why it's successful. So, you know, the only way to fight that emotional response, I feel, isn't with like logic. It isn't with like some kind of moral ethic. It's got to be a powerful emotion. And for me, that's like beauty and wonder and awe. I need to grab your attention. Because if I grab your attention, I actually grab your consciousness. Mm -hmm. And the battleground we face today is a battle of consciousness. You've got Instagram and social media. We could talk about that for hours. We all know the negative impact of all these digital devices feeding us You know, false information and and pushing—you know—the wrong trigger buttons inside of us. How do you shift that? You can't just say it's bad. You have to really, I think, grab people by the heart, not by the head, and make and turn your head away from all that stuff. Because it's easy to to get sucked into it. I mean, like if there's a train wreck, how can you not look? And when someone like Trump says something outrageous. How can you ignore that, you know, and then you get sucked into his world and we have to avoid, we have to be aware of it, but we have to be careful we don't live in that world.
1: I I like that the framing of that concept of of everything is literally a battle uh, for consciousness. Everything is centered around uh, getting energy.
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's about eyeballs, right? Isn't that the currency right now? It's more important than money. How many eyeballs do you have? How many followers do you have? You know, um, that's what's made these tech giants big is by grabbing your consciousness, even if they're not making money off of you in the moment. You know, um, It's all about controlling your consciousness or your attention. They're the same thing, right? We've never been in a world like that, where that was the goal. That is the ultimate goal. And if I can grab your consciousness and I own you, and mm-hmm. if I can grab it in a positive way, by you know using art you know to make you laugh and cry. That takes talent. But if, if I'm vulgar, if I just point a gun at you, you know, I'm gonna get um you know a reaction, but that's like a very you know visceral negative reaction. And that's what's being employed. And not all of us are constantly aware that you're being manipulated in that way. And so you know you can't just explain it intellectually. What I need to do is you know, literally distract you in a big way, grab your eyeballs, look at this gorgeous, beautiful idea. And so in a way, gratitude with all the the values that I have in the film um, is a way to open your heart. And I think it's really, you know, it's a radical political move. Look, if I could have you be more conscious and more loving, more aware of caring for other people, the planet, animals, you name it, then you're going to make all the right choices as to how you, who you vote for. I don't have to tell you who to vote. I don't have to tell you how to think. I just need you to, to love life. Mm-hmm. If you love life and you want life to flourish, then you're going to make all the right choices.
1: With every decision, you are either building or you are destroying. And so right now a lot of things that we have given or are giving our consciousness to are based in destruction
0: Um,
1: we may not necessarily realize it but um yeah destruction and the perpetuation of separation uh when that's not the case when we are all literally here together it's counter it's counterproductive counterintuitive and so i see what you're saying if you can if you can give more energy um, to things that are based in building. I, I think that our, our world could be conducted differently in uh, life with other human
0: beings. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean,
0: I, I've I've, got, I've been involved a lot in the environmental movement. I've always donated my imagery for so many foundations, you know, with doing PSAs, I've gotten Clios for all of that. But I have to be honest that I think the messaging has failed. You know, you go back 50 years to Earth Day and, all the solutions were there, you know, recycling, solar. Why haven't we changed our behavior? You know, that's really the key issue. And we thought that if you just put the science and the facts on the table, people would change, but they don't. So you need to get people to fall in love. I mean, if you if you love trees, for example, you're going to automatically recycle. You're not going to throw that paper away in the in, in the trash can, right? Not because it's on your to-do list, not because it's in your brain, oh, I'm supposed to recycle. No, because it hurts to throw away a ream of paper, you know, when you're thinking of the trees and loving the trees. We have to, I think, motivate people from that point of view because we're hardwired to love. That's why puppies are cute and kittens are cute and babies are cute. We want life to flourish. That's in our DNA. And we just need to open that channel up.
1: It's so much to unpack. Um, I love it, but it's also it also frustrates me uh because I care so much and I think about all it's gonna take to, to get us there. And sometimes I become overwhelmed. However, um I think I, I do like to think on those terms, like what can we practically tell people right like right now that they can start doing because what I what I kind of noticed is that. That, that element of, of humanity is still there. I think that everyone, like like you said, we, we very much do um, at the core of our existence want to exist. We want humanity. We want the human race to survive. We want the earth to sustain. The problem that I see with, with people is polarization. We want yeah. the people that we want to thrive. We want the people and the cultures and, 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 and the, the nuance of humanity that we live in, we want that to thrive. And we don't necessarily care about other ways uh, or other types of people, um, whether they they will thrive as well, because technically the world that we live in is very individualistic. The way that we think these days, it does, we, we think that someone else's path has absolutely nothing to do with us. And we don't realize that, that everything is connected.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the pandemic certainly taught us a lesson that, you know, if something happens in China or Europe, it'll affect us as well, you know, and that we're we're definitely all connected. And look, we've been in this thing for almost three years now. It's a global problem. It's not a, a national problem. But but to answer your question about something practical, you know, with gratitude, there's a practice where you know, you ask people to write down, you know, something, three to five things that you're grateful for. You can do it at night, you can do it first thing in the morning. Um, studies have shown that people who do that in a hospital um, heal faster, so there's a physical benefit to doing that. Um, the moment you start thinking about giving thanks to others and being grateful, it, it helps you as well as it helps others. And and your whole life can shift from all of that. And I think that, you know, in, in what you were sort of speaking about, but in terms of this polarization, we just need to be able to recognize that we're just like, again, all the same. I, I did a talk and um the folks there, they don't want like, you know, government coming in and telling them how to live their lives, you know, with environmental regulations. And so I started by saying, look, do you, you want, you want your kids to like, you know, grow up and, and hunt and fish the way you guys do? Yes. Well, you know, then we have to be aware of like making sure that the, you know that there aren't any toxic pesticides going into the lake you know and and so it was a way to kind of like bridge into the fact that look during the hunting i may not be into hunting but hey if, if that's a way to get them to protect the environment it was really good we have to be careful i think with with our, our words and build bridges i can't just say i'm an environmentalist and um i'm here to tell you like what to do with your land and your lifestyle so, you know, there are ways of, of engaging people on that connection. What you want for your children can be the beginning of a conversation. And usually what we want for our children is something that we all share. You know, let, let's start having that conversation there, for example.
1: Talk to me about the filming of, of Gratitude. What was that like and, and what can people expect from the film? Yeah.
0: So, um over the shoot, course of almost four decades, I've always just been like <clears throat> picking up little stories. The stories that, that attract me are stories of people who overcome adversity but have resilience in their life. They inspire me. And so yeah. there are stories of like a blind ice climber who climbed Mount Everest. There are stories of, you know, an ex-con boxer in Chicago who you know went to jail and then went to the Olympics. I mean, these are just inspirational stories of people <clears throat> who have... Um, connected with their soul and ended up um, achieving great things. So, you know, just because you've had like a a tough beginning in your life doesn't mean that's the way it's going to be forever. And I think that what we've also learned is that people who practice gratitude are more resilient, which means you bounce back faster from anything that is um, difficult. Like if somebody scratched your car or somebody offended you, I mean, little things in life. And you have to stop kind of ruminating on that stuff. But people who practice gratitude tend to like, you know, not let that bring them down. And so over the course of 40 years, I've captured these little nuggets. Sometimes it's a single shot. Sometimes it's a little vignette of remarkable but ordinary people, not celebrities. And um, I, I wove it all together into what I considered to be the building blocks that add up to gratitude. So stories with children about wonder and curiosity, happiness, focus, connection, energy, creativity, courage, patience, purpose, death, all of it, you know? And I think I want the audience to kind of lean into it and figure out for themselves what what they can absorb from that and create their own context. So in the movie, we don't tell anybody how to live your life. We don't you know, talk about anything that you should do. These are examples of what other people are doing that have passion and joy. And if, if there's a takeaway for you, then that's great because everybody should be connecting with their own inner voice. That's why sometimes people, when they watch the film, cry because I think they've been disconnected from themselves for a very long time. It's kind of a homecoming, a warm feeling that you get when you realize and hear your own inner voice saying to you wow you know that i can relate to that
1: so it sounds like the the film is is our our list of practical things that we can do look at look at all these examples yeah this this way of living has already been successfully done and figure out for yourself how how you can make that happen for you right because change sometimes has to happen one person at a time. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm i excited to see what that's going to look like. when. Yeah.
0: Well, look, I, I think we did it with Fantastic Fun Guy. I can't tell you how many people really do feel that we, we helped create a movement. We opened up the conversation about using, you know, sacred medicine, psychedelics to treat people that are suffering. And now there's like over 60 universities that are doing research and clinical trials. Um, everywhere I go, people go, they've seen the movie it enable them to have a conversation with their parents, you know friends about a topic that they never could discuss if they had a spiritual experience. Imagine having to hold that in for fear of going to jail. you know the whole thing we have in this country with mass incarceration it's a blemish in our society. I mean this was Richard Nixon trying to punish people of color and 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 the protesters, the anti-war protesters who didn't vote for him. Um, the war on drugs is bullshit. You know, <laughs> it's created a ton of misery and we're still suffering from it today.
1: To, to the point of gratitude, mental health, obviously, in this country yep. in the world is something that is really a part of something like the war on drugs. And so I would be interested in uh, how many Clinical physicians um, and people that have practices that may not be implementing this type of concept into their into their practice their their work. Um, how many after this film and a concept like this is is spread? How many uh, therapists and psychiatrists will take on um, this type of re- approach to their work to see how their patients respond to it and what type of mental health issues can be cured right. from um, from this way of living
0: three to four years ago, you you couldn't even have a conversation, you know, it's just as an example of a movement. And now you've got, you know, Washington, D.C. and, you know, Oakland and uh, the state of Oregon, uh, Santa Cruz, it's on the ballot, California, it's on the ballot in a number of different states where you're going to decriminalize it. So you're right, Look, whether it's 11% of, of, of a population that adds voice to something, just like there's maybe 11 or 10 percent on the extreme right that you know creates a lot of noise and you think that you know they're really bigger than they are, they're not. Most people are in the middle, you know and really don't care. They just want what's best for their own personal life in this you know at, at the moment. But the, the noise that people can make on the left or on the right can really be a movement. And I think that what's great about gratitude is and I can say this to you and your audience, I think my film is extremely political without being political, you know, because it's the ultimate judo move. Let's get people to care and understand what makes life work. And nature is a good example of that. And my film is all about people. And you're seeing examples of people who overcome adversity and have joy and hope in their life and practicing all these values. I mean, these values are what, you know, religion is about, what spiritual practices are about. What, what New Age meditation's about. But, you know, I'm not promoting any of that. But it goes to show that these values have an important role to play in our society. You can't be patient, compassionate, loving, and creative, and be a bad person. You know, you can't have all those values and, and be polluting or, you know, creating social injustice. I think it's impossible. So if we can get people to, really you know practice these values then you make all the right political choices you hang out with the right people you end up you know really becoming a movement
1: i literally say all the time um society and democracy and government itself is is made up of people Mm -hmm. so why would why wouldn't the aspects of human life Uh, be at the center of of everything? Why will we not be taking an approach like this in order to solve these issues? I think people are having conversations um, and and somewhat getting to know other people. But if you really look at human interaction now, it is literally based on your politics, not Mm -hmm. even like legislation and how you vote, but just what stance you take on social issues. It's about your politics. And no one... Uh, outside of maybe their their close friend circle or uh, people that they are dating, no one is getting to know others on a human level. And so right.
0: and that's what I said earlier. Because look, it's, it doesn't take any talent it, it, to to push your buttons on on a visceral issue. You know, whether it's gay marriage or you know immigration and you know race. You know, they know how to press your buttons and get an immediate reaction. But the topics that you're describing, how do we engender a better life how do we have a better you know lifestyle and environment for our kids those are the conversations we want to have but we never get there you know because we've, we've created this immediate polarization oh you're this i'm that you know you're the other you know these are things that we have to get beyond because as we said earlier we do find out that they are all connected you know if, if x number of the population you know, it's infected with the pandemic. It affects all of us. You know, so um, those are obvious examples of how we have to physically figure out how to work together. And again, let's let's just be really aware in this day and age of media and and digital manipulation. Don't allow yourself to have your buttons pressed right off the bat. You know, because that is the name of the game. That is the battleground of today, which is so different than the battleground of 20 or 30 years ago. You know, if I grab your attention, if I suck you into my world and my way of thinking, I win. And you have to be very careful not to let that happen to you.
1: And step two, let's all watch this film. That's (laughs) it. Uh, Tell people um, how they can how they can access the film, um, or when when will we be able to view it?
0: Yeah, so uh, gratituderevealed.com has a, a list of all the theaters we're opening up in, LA, New York, San Francisco, September 16th. But the big event is going to be World Gratitude Day, September 21. That'll be, uh, we have two screenings, one set. We want to get our European fellow partners connection involved. And then one later in the day, primarily for North America. We want it to be a global event. Um, We're reaching high with Fantastic Fungi. We had 40,000 people show up for a virtual event. We're hoping we can do that, if not better.
1: Exciting stuff. Uh, Is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with? Any words of wisdom?
0: Let's see. Well, yeah, I mean, look, what I've learned, I think, from filming people and places is that you know, beauty is nature's tool for survival because we protect what we love.
1: Thank you for talking to me. This has been an incredible conversation. Um, like I was saying earlier, a lot of the work that I do, it's literally engaging with people about the politics. And I don't often get to have this these deep conversations, these meaningful conversations. Um, it's not to say talking about politics is not meaningful, but Connecting with people about something that has everything to do with the human condition is, um, it's, it's rare. And I am grateful to you for right. having this conversation with me. Diving into these intellectual topics is so beneficial for our growth. And I hope everyone listening gains something from this as well and will begin looking at life differently and connecting with people differently. Thank you all so much for tuning in to, to Build a Bridge. My name is Shakira Mills. Be just, be balanced, have peace.